Hello everybody, welcome to my first podcast. Uh, my name is Sarah and I am the creator of One Girl's Footprint. Um, in One Girl's Footprint, I literally start my own journey into sustainable living, reducing my carbon footprint uh, on the planet, helping educate people around me in my personal um family and uh, friend circle, uh, but also people who I've never met uh, and hopefully spread awareness on how to reduce energy use, uh, as in electricity, water, gas, you name it, how we can become more sustainable. Um, Like I said, it's my first podcast and um, I already was working on One Girl's Footprint from the beginning um, of this year. I started with beach cleanups, organizing beach cleanups um, on the island that I live, which is called Lanzarote, which is Spanish Canary Islands. Um, but I realized that cleaning beaches basically means cleaning after people put waste. Uh, in our nature and so I want to prevent people from being wasteful and um, reducing yeah the waste people produce so the whole pandemic started um, I did a few beach cleanups and uh, the first one was by myself and then more and more people came and yeah then in February we had something which is called the Kalima which basically means we're only a hundred kilometers away from the Sahara Desert and there was this massive sandstorm in the Sahara Desert and unfortunately for us the winds turned um, our direction and it was the second worst sand dust storm ever recorded in the Canary Islands, um, we had wind gushes of 180 kilometers an hour, and yeah, so um, for safety, I had to cancel my beach cleanup. And then, when it finally was safe enough to start again, um, the worldwide pandemic started, and Spain, which the Canary Islands are part of, was put under one of the worst lockdowns. Um, recorded during this pandemic in the world so we were locked inside the house um, and with we I mean everybody living in Spain or Spanish islands under the Spanish regime for several months and so um, even going to the supermarket had restrictions Um, you're only allowed to go to the closest supermarket and the one that we had I lived in a tiny little fisherman village Um, didn't really stock that much like it was your basic well yeah small town village shop where you can buy your bits and bobs but the actual shopping you had to go into uh, one of the cities which is on the other side of the island and you have to drive through several other villages and towns to get there and you weren't allowed like you would be stopped by army by um, police um, and just sent back home and if you're lucky you didn't get a fine Um, walking your dog meant you're only allowed to go outside twice a day uh, with a max of 50 meters away from your house for a max of 10 minutes Um, 
it wasn't the best with armies going uh, army vans going through our streets we had volunteering police going through the streets we have two types of police in spain which is called local police um which have their own um little districts that they are allowed to yeah police about and then you have the Guardia Civil, and the Guardia Civil is allowed to police all over the island, basically. And the fines were massive. Um, there was even jail time that you could get. So it wasn't like you could go outside just even to catch uh, a breath of fresh air. Um, fast forward. I ended up in a relationship, moved in together way too fast because jobs on the island, because of the lockdown, um, declined so drastically. I used to work three jobs. It wasn't even a nine-to-five job. I worked seven days a week, spread out over three jobs. Some of them were night jobs, some of them were daytime jobs, and just to, well, make a living. So living on this island is difficult anyways and earning money. but yeah, this lockdown uh, literally made me jobless uh, within a matter of an hour. This lockdown was unannounced and we had one hour to close everything at 11 at night. They said, okay, you have to be at home. So yeah, um, I went to bed, woke up and was confined into my own house with my dogs. Luckily, I had three dogs, but not able to see or talk to people or um, my sister she moved here as well a couple of years ago that was very difficult it took two and a half months before I was actually allowed to visit my sister again Um, we both have a chronic illness Um, she has a little bit more severe than me so we had to be careful we didn't really know what this new disease was and so we took the most yeah safety precautions as we could think of um so yeah that was a difficult time and uh so i moved in with my boyfriend to save on rental costs because i i didn't have an income anymore um social benefits don't really exist here they had something in place but um since only a few weeks am i allowed to get a minimum income um which only covers food for me and my three dogs um if i cut the costs that doesn't provide any money to pay rent um, and the stress of it all and some some other stuffs that were going on um, in the end ended the relationship between me and my boyfriend so then I had to find a place where I could live because the, the house was in his name it was his rental contract so it's not like he could go somewhere um, luckily he did it a job so he could afford to rent by himself again uh, and pay for food and all of that but yeah i <laughs> had to find an apartment to live all by myself and i'm not one to hang my dirty laundry out even though i'm doing it now which is really awkward um doing this by myself on my little bed one of my dogs peanuts um curled up next to me um so um i added a post in this group of people called residents um, of the island and i said basically pleading for help like i lost my three jobs i lost my relationship 
mainly because of the pandemic and I I can provide for me and my dogs but um, who has a place for me to stay for free and it was the universe answering my call um, within three hours not only did I find a place it was the life that I have been trying to get before the pandemic started, before the lockdown started. I was actually trying to move into a van and started a van life, which I've done about 13 years ago in Australia. And I loved every second of it to be so close and in touch with yourself and nature and, oh, brilliant. Um, it's not exactly a van. Um, I am now living in a caravan or trailer as you call it in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the island. Um, no electricity unless the generator is running. No running water or well we do have some sort of plumbing but it's limited amount of water. Um, showers are interesting because there's only hot water when the generator is on which mostly is once a day in evening times and i'm a morning shower person and also the lights of the shower which are built next to the caravan that i can use it's like sort of a camping style life um with an outdoor shower and an outdoor toilet the lights only work if the sun shines now, the island I'm living on, there is 350 days a year there's sunshine. Um, but ever since I moved in this caravan seven days ago, um, three days of them the sun has shone. So that means that there's no light in the shower. So showering in the dark is kind of difficult. So <laughs> um, I have been boiling water on my little gas hub which has a limited supply of gas as well um, to create uh, about five liters of hot water so I mix the hot water that I make with some cold water so I have five liters of water to shower myself with and it's um, old style basically I have two buckets one smaller than the other put the five liters in the bigger bucket use the smaller bucket to yeah pour it over me um so it's uh it's it's been an interesting uh, interesting week of changing the way of living really um so yeah it's it's um it's a very interesting year let's put it that way um i am dutch i'm originally from the netherlands my mom still lives in the netherlands luckily she was able to find a ticket and visit uh, me and my sister here for about five days in July so I was able to see her um, she was supposed to come back in October but um, there's no flights it got cancelled and um, so yeah I don't know when I'll see my mom again um, I hope I will see her soon but there is a chance that for the next few months even till upcoming summer i won't be able to see her um flying back to the netherlands is also an option because i don't have anybody to take care of my three dogs i know my sister lives here but she has a dog and two cats as well and they don't really mix well um she's a nine-year-old daughter who goes to school here and um 
even though it's a small island it's a good half hour drive and living in a caravan i cannot keep my dogs locked up in this caravan um it's a desert climate so it gets pretty hot during the day today we had a, another heat wave which is pretty standard here um, every month we have several of them so it was about 30 to 35 degrees celsius and keeping them locked up on a small confined space without any cold winds because the breeze here is hot air as if you're standing in front of a hairdryer is just not a possibility and my dogs are my life they're my everything they're the reason to, to get out of bed at some days um so yeah, together with my dogs, I'm figuring out how to do sustainable living. Tiny life, um, tiny house living, and um, yeah, be more aware of the waste that I produce, the water that I use for simple things as doing the dishes, brushing your teeth, uh, shower, washing your hands, everything has a time limit on it, everything has like a little clock on it to make sure that you don't overuse, it's so easy to use hundreds of liters of water within a matter of days. So I'm um, trying to limit myself to only a few liters of water a day. Once a day I do the dishes, um, I've always reused mugs for instance, I drink um, tea or coffee I have the same mug the entire day it doesn't need to be washed it's just me using it um, but yeah it was so easy to for instance fry an egg and just clean the pan afterwards and then cook something else in the same pan with new oil and so you've wasted perfectly good oil that you cooked one egg in and water to clean um, putting more detergent into our precious nature as well so yeah I'm um, starting well basically project one girl's footprint um, um, you're more than welcome to follow me um, to support me to um, help me basically create this community in which we all educate each other and um, the people in our surroundings and hopefully start this movement this awareness movement and um, not only that also to show you how it is to well within a matter of three hours go from living in an apartment to living in um, a trailer, a caravan, and hopefully one day I'll be able to actually do the van life that I'm longing for for years now before it became a hype and just get back on the roads um, where I feel most at home. I've always traveled a lot and not being able to travel now with all the restrictions all through the world, it's, uh, it also hell, um, makes me adjust my way of thinking of living of everything so welcome to the podcast of one girl's footprint and um, i hope to see you soon you can also follow me on instagram um on on patreon and on facebook on the same name one girl's footprint and um kisses hugs Hope to see you soon.
Hello everybody, welcome back to One Girl's Footprint. I'm Sarah and um, today we're gonna talk about how it is to live in a caravan, how it is um, to the transition from living in an apartment into a caravan or trailer or van life, even though van life is a little bit more different because you'll be living in a van, one that you can um, travel around with to so basically be living in a really big car um, with me my trailer is not attached to a car um, I am set in a set location and um, today um, it's all about surviving cold nights and rainy days um, I am in my trailer. I don't know if you can hear it, but it is pouring rain outside. Now, I'm living on a tiny island called Lanzarote, which is in the middle of the Atlantic, um, only 100 kilometers away from southern Morocco. So usually we do not experience much rain. Um, on average, there is about 118 milliliters of rain every single year. That is quite little. Um, even though this is a volcanic island and usually volcanic islands are very rich in soil look at Hawaii for instance how green it is how moist it is um, but that's the thing it is moist you need rain to be able to grow stuff I am um, basically living on a desert island um, lots of volcanic rock lots of sand Lots and lots of what they call kalimas, which is uh, sand dust storm. So when the Sahara, which is only about 120 kilometers away from us, um, experiences massive sandstorms and the wind comes from the Sahara towards the Canary Islands, which is Lanzarote, uh, or which Lanzarote is a part of, we get those sand dust particles um, blown to us. Um, so yeah, there is uh, loads of dust, very dry, and that also means we have desert climates. Hot days, cold nights. Now usually the cold nights aren't too cold because we're a tiny island in the Atlantic. It doesn't really get below zero because um, the ocean doesn't freeze up where we are. And so cold here, you kind of have to take it with a pinch of salt. See, I'm used to 30 plus degrees Celsius weather. And so when it's only 15, I am cold. A lot of people here call it, I'm freezing. We're not freezing. We're just not used to temperatures below 20 degrees Celsius. Um, I'm sorry if I can't tell you what it is in Fahrenheit um, from the Netherlands. We only do Celsius. Um, I don't even remember getting taught Fahrenheit. Um, and so if you want to know what that is in Fahrenheit, uh, please look it up on Google. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll promise I'll definitely look into Fahrenheit. So next time I want to talk about temperatures, I will be able to tell you what it is in Fahrenheit. Um, so here at night, 
the temperatures drop. Now, living in a apartment, um, I didn't really realize it that much because you can just simply close a window, close a door. Um, you have unlimited supply of electricity, which means that when you're cold and you really, really, really need to, you can turn on a heater. Now, in the apartment I lived, we did have a heater. Um, probably we used it three times a year because it's, it's just warm enough. The walls are thick enough. Um, they're built to withstand the heat from entering during the day which also means they also withstand the cold from entering at night that's just how most of the buildings on this island are built because if if you can't protect the inside of your house from the heat you'll boil to death um even though there's an unlimited supply of energy it is very unstable the electricity that they generate on the island um it's not uncommon for uh, massive power cuts um, that can last for shortest as few seconds longest as a few days in a row so an air conditioning running is not possible all the time um there are houses that do have it but i don't know many of them and the people who do have them I don't know many who will actually use them um, well for me I am not a fan of um, air conditionings um, they dry the air out too much um, I feel like I'm getting a flu on uh, when I use it so even in a car I just use open windows uh, preferably unless it's too hot and there is an air conditioning maybe just to make it a little bit colder in the car for the first few minutes to cool the car down um, but yeah so here in the trailer I experienced um, a few colder nights but last night was the tip of the iceberg it was only 10 degrees celsius in the trailer I was sleeping underneath three fleece blankets on top of uh, one duvet and a fleece blanket so in total I had five blankets I had my tiny little miniature pincher peanut underneath the blanket with me she functions as my little heater at night and the two of us were shivering um, one of my other dogs Mr. Nelson he's a Podenco Canario which is a, a hunting breed um, that they use here a lot in the area um, I literally went out at night to turn on our guests um, hub just to heat the trailer up a little bit because he was shivering so much I can hear his teeth clatter and he doesn't have many teeth so for me to be able to hear that uh, it just broke my heart so uh, he's covered up in a fleece blanket on top of two fleece blankets on top of his pillow every single night anyways so for him to be cold was a lot um, my bull terrier, she's sleeping on a fleece blanket as well. She's a little bit of a thicker fur, so she and she's a little bit fatter. So she can keep herself warm, she's fine at night, but the rest of us were cold. Really, really cold. And so I've been doing some research in how to get my trailer warm. Um, Obviously, as I mentioned several times before, we do not have a um, constant supply of electricity. Only when a generator is on do we have a few hours of electricity a day. Now, a trailer usually comes with a heater. There is a heater in this trailer. Unfortunately, it's broke. Um, and um, because the, the person who is generous enough to let me live here... Um, he already told me that it's broke but it costs too much money at the moment to get it fixed um, 
And so he asked me if I'm okay with not having it fixed um, for now, which I knew up front when I started living here. Um, I was just a little bit naive about, you know, I'm Dutch. I know what cold is. I can survive the cold. I was naive to think that my body forgot how cold feels like. Uh, so 10 degrees Celsius is uh, is winter jacket cold. To put it that way, for the people who don't know Celsius and know Fahrenheit, you want to wear a nice, thick, fluffy winter jacket outside with a knitted hat on, with some gloves on, like, it's cold. So, uh, what I ended up doing, like I said, I, I switched on the hubs, I put on a, a kettle of hot water on to make it boil to keep it the, the heat radiating as long as possible because I also don't want to use gas too much because yeah yeah I want to reduce my usage of energy so that means water electricity gas anything that generates energy uh, I want to reduce my my carbon footprint really um, so in the end uh, we survived this night, but I'm now in the means of trying to find a way of creating a heater with minimum supplies, minimum usage of, of um, energy sources. And so I've heard that you can use terracotta pots and some uh, tea lights now I know tea lights also produces waste and not created in the best environmental way possible um, but it's lesser use of energies as turning on my gas hub uh, or the generator to create a way of um, putting on a heater or anything else to get it a little bit warmer here at night during the day it's not so bad even though it's raining a lot now and there's wind uh, it's still 18 degrees celsius so it's a little bit chilly for us but that's just it so just put on a sweater and we're fine the dogs are nice and cozy underneath their blankets so um that's that's all good um so for the next few days i'm gonna just see how it is to make do-it-yourself DIY heaters for small spaces as the terracotta heater where what I've understood is you turn one terracotta pot upside down and you elevate it a little bit from a smaller terracotta dish so there's some oxygen coming in from the bottom and you put a tea light inside of it a little bit elevated as well and then that creates uh, a heater by the heat of the um, tea light that radiates into the terracotta pot making it really hot and then that kind of absorbs the heat and radiates it from the outside so it sounds like a really good option uh but as soon as the tea light is finished, obviously the terracotta pot is going to cool down. So it will be a four hour solution, which I can switch on or flick on um, before I go to bed. But that means that I'll have to have fire inside the caravan while I'm asleep. And I know a lot of people say, yeah, but it's only a tea light. Even that tiny source of flame, that tiny, tiny flick of a flame that's in it, is a potential danger when you are asleep. Um, the reason I stayed awake 
during uh, the nights when I had my uh, gas hop on, it means it's it's gas. Um, it produces CO2 um, and uh, coal monoxide. So I, I didn't want to kill me and the dogs by leaving that on all night and overproducing the coal monoxide level inside the caravan um so once the the kettle was boiling i switched it off i went back to bed it kind of took the the worst of the cold off it wasn't as cold anymore i think it raised the temperature in the caravan by maybe three or four degrees but it was just enough to be able to fall asleep again for my Padenko, Nelson, Mr. Nelson boy, uh, not to shiver as much anymore. Um, and so, yeah, that's that was a solution for last night, uh, but it's not going to be a solution for this night because uh, I, I can't stay awake every night just to get the temperature up a bit. So um, the Terracotta pot is an idea. And um, I'm going to have a, a look into other options, what I can do to raise the temperature on very cold nights like the one we've experienced. Uh, for the next few days, they have an uh, alarm set in place for this island where they say it's going to be extremely windy, extremely rainy and extremely cold. And if they set a, uh, a warning out, a weather warning, that means that... Um, it's colder as what it is normally so we'll see in the next few days I'll keep you posted on what it is that I decided on or what works best or um, if I just use the hub for the next few nights I don't know yet but yeah heating a trailer up is um, another hurdle I have to get past <laughs> that I have to figure out how to do it and um, we'll see how that goes if you want to get an update on this you can visit my page one girl's footprint on Instagram or on Facebook um, I also do some blog updates on my Patreon page which is one girl's footprint as well so one girl's footprint and uh, I'll uh, see you soon Bye.